0: you an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey, now you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. And
1: all that matters is going. Only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All Stars podcast. This is Barnsey back for the fourth episode of our Super Coach preseason team previews. Absolutely. Can't wait to get stuck into this one. We've got another guest, the fourth one of the year so far, to review the teams for Super Coach, And today we have the West Tigers and also the Cronulla Sharks. Like the other episodes, we'll likely split this one up into two so it's a bit easier to listen to each of them because they do go for a long time. If you haven't listened to many of these before, or you're a brand new listener. We dig into a lot of detail. We like to go through a lot of numbers. and We like to talk about a lot of players just to give you all the information, every perspective for Supercoach so you can make informed decisions. So they go for a long time because we want to give it all to you. Other episodes for us, well, you can find the talking Footy episodes once the season starts. We won't do those in the pre-season, but once the footy kicks off in four weeks' time, we will have Talkin' and Footy, and that is just no Supercoach, talking ru- Rugby League and everything in Rugby League. So you can jump on that one as well. But for now, today's episode, we have Matty Person joining us, who is a tragic West Tigers fan, has appeared on many podcasts before and is a regular on the Anero All-Stars podcast as well. Perso, welcome aboard for 2023, mate.
0: There you go, Buzz. Good to be back, mate. Footy's just sneaking up real quick, isn't it, now, just around the corner?
1: The super coach has got the, the ticker away there for the clock on how many days left. It is 23 days and, some, and several hours until we have kickoff. That is amazingly close. <laughs>
0: Yeah, first like the cricket, and just finished.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. And we do have Charity Shield in two weeks too. I'm catching up with a few boys uh, to have a look at Charity Shield too. So, you know, you've got the pub catch-up starting and everything to watch the footy and stuff on an afternoon. It's getting exciting. Uh, look, we are going to talk about your Tigers. We are going to talk about the Sharks. We will start with the Tigers. Uh, before we do, we need to look at, first off, The gains and losses, uh, what they've done in the pre-season, how the roster's looking at the moment. And realistically, they've they've had massive signings, obviously, as everybody knows. But starting with the losses, I mean, really, they've only lost Luke Gardner and Jackson Hastings that you consider as you know reasonable losses. Both those guys were obviously starting most of the time. A lot of other losses that were just uh, sort of bench players and so forth. So I think they're the main ones. Uh young fella. Kelma to Alangi, uh, going to the Manly Seagulls. I thought that was a really good purchase by Manly. Really like him. I was surprised that they let him go so easily. Having said that, they've obviously stocked up in their back rowers because their big gains, uh, John Bateman and also Isaiah Papali'i from the Parramatta Eels. So that's two outstanding edge back rowers to slot straight into the pack. And then the pack gets even stronger up front where you've got Happy Coruscant coming across from the Panthers, as well as David Clemmer coming over from the Newcastle Knights. So really exciting with the Ford signings. And they've got some good back depth there now too. Charlie Staines has come across trying to get a starting opportunity. Uh, Brendan Wakeham, I thought, was a bit underrated lately as a signing because those are the type of signings where you look at it and go, well, it's not great for NRL. Like if he's going to be your starting six or seven, you don't really want that too much. But at the moment, if he's your, you know, New South Wales Cup six or seven, that's really good depth and he's got great experience and he can fill in a role and and he's still fairly young. So I think they did phenomenal with the the signings and I I don't think I've spoken to a West Tigers fan that isn't absolutely elated and thinking that they're going to go a lot better this year.
0: Well, it's uh, (laughs) something to be half positive about for one party. (laughs) The the ultimate royalist move when it comes to the Tigers. But um, it's funny you mentioned Wakem. I was actually quite happy with that signing because we let Jock Madden go. Jock Madden's no superstar, but uh, he can fill a role. And um, when someone goes down, we had no half-step whatsoever. Once we, <laughs> it was looking like Will Smith was the next one in, <laughs> if Brooks yep. or um, Dewey went down. So, all that Waken was quite good in the um, the World Cup too for Fiji. Uh, so, like you said, he's a depth signing, but at least we've got something there now. You can come in for like if someone goes down for a couple of weeks, do a roll that sort of thing. But um, definitely the forward pack is much improved. Uh, it'll probably take a little while to gel. Correa was a massive signing. God, he's he's an absolute gun. I still.
1: Well, you, haven't a, you haven't had a nine for like a decade. Like, we haven't Robbie had a Farrah
0: nine since been. Farrah, Yeah. yeah. So, so they've tried to plug the gap with Little and guys like that. But so he's a massive signing. I think he's going to be a massive loss for Penrith too. Just quickly, uh, Coricelli, a bit mm-hmm. underrated in how integral he was to that side. But so it, while I don't think we'll make the top eight this year, I think we'll be competitive. Uh, I think it's just uh, the, as the the season goes on, it's a long season. you know, I'll, I don't think we've got the depth. If we get a couple of injuries, we sort of don't have the depth to cover key positions. Fullback's still an issue. Forward back's good, so we should be able to compete. But uh, it'll definitely be a big improvement on last year.
1: Yeah, I've got them anywhere from sort of nine to thirteen, and um, it's a you know reasonable range yeah, I for them, but I, I just don't think that they're going to be – I don't see any way they're bottom four with the quality that they've signed, um, but at the same time, if they're going to have a bit of a run at it, I think they're going to be very fringe eight. I can't see them probably getting there this year.
0: It's a big step is to get it from the bottom to the, to get up the top eight. The, the top eight sides are pretty set. That's what people sort of underestimate a bit. It's it's not that easy it's just to go from the bottom of the table with a couple of signings to the next. They're building the right direction. We get a couple more key signings over the next sort of 12 to 18 months, then we could be pushing for a regular top eight spot. But if we finish as high as 12th next year, I think that's a successful season for the Tigers.
1: Yeah, you want to make your way sort of to just being a competitive side this year and building for the following years of being a, you know, year by year top eight team consistently. Uh, well, having a look at the draw, which is ever important for Supercoach, especially this year with all the buyers, it's an interesting one for the Tigers. So they don't have their first bite around seven which isn't too bad. You do get six weeks of value before you're going to be sitting guys and you're going to get a few price rises in too. So it works out pretty decent. I think I I really like the starting couple of weeks. So, uh, so the first two weeks they've got two home games in a row, which is great. So the NRLs bless the West Tigers for the start of this year for the first fortnight where we've got the Tigers playing the Titans and then Newcastle Knights. And both of those are going to be played at home for the Tigers. So, that's really good. The next game, they're not going to travel far either. They're going to play the Canary Bankstown Bulldogs away. So obviously the Bulldogs are another team, very similar to the Tigers blueprint where they've just started making a bunch of signings and a bunch of moves and they're ever improving and they'll probably improve again this year. So they're not going to be a bad side. Um, Certainly, you know, Newcastle will probably be better too, but these are still sides that you consider probably outside the top eight. Uh, And certainly for the Titans, I think they're well outside the top eight. So it's, you know, those three sides there are really good for Supercoach, I think, for the Tigers to start off with. After that, it gets a little bit shady. You've got the storm that you're going to play down at Amy Park. That's obviously going to be really hard, though the Tigers traditionally get up for the early games against the storm. So, you know, maybe not that bad. Then they have to travel to Brisbane, but it remains to be seen what sort of Brisbane outfit we're going to see. And then we've got the, the local showdown with the Parramatta Eels, uh, which is going to be at home for the Tigers. And that's always a crack and a really big one. But as we've seen before, there's a lot of points in there. So really, free that round seven buy, it's quite good for the Tigers. I'd maybe even say that really the Storm is a big worry game. And the other one's not so much, um, even though they've obviously got the Eels and Broncos, which might be very competitive. So... I like the draw for Supercoach Perso. I particularly like the start of it. I've chatted on some of the other podcasts about if the start of the draw is really good and you've got a team coming up to a bye sort of round seven or something, it's okay because you can, with all the trades we've got, I'm very keen to employ a strategy of playing a bit of trade roulette and grabbing a guy for the first three rounds of the Tigers that I'm happy just to burn a trade on just to get rid of. And I think you can do that this year. Their draw really lends itself to that.
0: Yeah, it's not bad at all especially for Supercoach. i mean um even the storm prior to sort of or even the first game last year we went right but the second game we got touched up but prior to that last sort of three or four years we've been a little bit of a bogey side of the storm even we've jagged a couple of wins and um when we don't it's been a tight game and then that Parramatta game is the at least the monday game so that's always a bit of a spectacle and a bit of a choice going sort of scenario so it's like the Titans game in round one. Won't surprise me if it's a forty-two thirty-eight sort of scoreline. Both sides don't mind letting tries in, and super we,
1: coaches won't mind that either. Mate, They'll
0: love that said, <laughs> look, one of the Sheens' early interviews this year, he said he was asked like, "What I need to do to win?" He said, "Oh, I got told years ago you just need to score more points than the opposition." <laughs> so, Sage uh,
1: advice there from Sheens. <laughs> he's
0: never really been known as a defensive coach, has he? So I think there'll be plenty of points in the Tigers. Um So with the, those sort of sides, of Titans and the Nile, I could see them being quite friendly for Supercoach with not a lot of defence going on that wide.
1: Yeah, and the other thing too is that it's it's sometimes a bit of a misconception and I understand it where when you're looking at a good draw, you're looking at how much a side's going to win. Now, the, the Tigers might struggle to get wins here even against, you know, the, they may be well lose to the Bulldogs and the Knights. You know, they may be able to lose to the Titans, who knows? But there's points in these games. Yep. And I think that's what you've got to remember with Super Coach. Like, if you've got sides that can put on points, even if they're going to lose, it's okay for Supercoach. And that's one of the things that's been a blueprint for the Tigers for several years. And why they've never had a side that you really completely steer clear of the top players from that can attack and get their tries and points and attacking stats because – they, they tend to put on those points, especially the first half of the season. Certainly the second half, they get a bit ragged, a little bit run down, and they go worse. But the first half of each season, they, they tend to put on points even when they're not any good. So a better side, more points, Tim Sheens, you'd expect them to put on super coach points. One of the things that's obviously going to be there as the elephant in the room is how much is it going to take them to gel? I will add that their spine is exactly the same aside from number nine and really number nine they're just going to get better service to the existing spot and I think that's key I think that's really important obviously combinations with IPAP and also Bateman will will come a bit later perhaps but the spot is pretty much intact so I'm not too worried about that and I think that they're definitely going to be improving but we really should be talking about some super coach players and some numbers mate so let's get stuck into that Um, I'm going to do a forward from Barnsley here before we get into it because Perso I'm worried about the heat I'm going to cop from Tigers fans when we go through this. (laughs) So I'm just going to say outright, the Tigers have a lot of expensive players. They've got a lot of players I really like. They've got a lot of players that I think are good, but not good enough for me to buy. So please, I'm telling you, at the very start as an intro (laughs) into these players. I'm not hating on the West Tigers. I think that a lot of these are good options. Unfortunately, it's the same for the Sharks that we're going to do later. Both these sides have a lot of players I like that I think are good for Supercoach that I think will be good to stream in during the season, but not many that I'm going to actually start round one with. Um, And I think that in real life, a lot of these players are going to have more impact Non super coach for round one, so I'm just going to get out that out of the way to start with. Perso, I've
0: uh, I've got two tigers in my side, well, there you <laughs> as, go. as a tiger supporter, that's it. One, of, them, one of them's to? one of them's Dewey, and one of them's Matamua, <laughs> cheapy. So that's it.
1: I'll have three because I've got Stefano <laughs> at the moment as well. Actually, yeah.
0: I do, I have Stefano as well. So sorry, I've got three.
1: All right, well, look, now that I've done that, we can get into it and um, pop <laughs> the abuse later. But Adam Dewey. It's a good one to start with because he's one of my favourite players in Supercoach. So uh, I loved picking him up a couple of years ago when he was killing it. Uh, I wanted to pick him up last year but couldn't. And he's just – I've always liked his game. He comes into this season coming off last year's 59.4 average at $624,600. That is phenomenal value. If you have a look at the games that he was in six, he actually scored 72 points a game last year. but obviously. Price at 59, so he's got 13 points of value plus already just on last year, and that's because he was obviously returning from an ACL injury mid-season, had a couple of games off the bench, a game at centre, he had some lower minute games to start with, so that's actually played into our hands a little bit. Uh, The other thing too is that if you go back a year, he actually at six in 2021 averaged 82 points per game, so that kind of gives you the range, I think 72 points per game, is his floor, and I think 82 points per game is his upside. Now, a lot of people might say, hey, Barnsley, 82 points per game, that happened in that outlier year when there was heaps of attack and everything, and the six against went rampant. That's true, but at the same time, one of the things that you have to take into account with Adam Dewey last year is it's his his first season back from an ACL, and everybody will tell you that's in the know, certainly NRL Physio, the Magic Sponge, um, that info is fantastic if you have a read at some of his material. He will say this as well. That first year back from an ACL is a, is a lot harder and it's almost always a down year. You're never back to your full strength. It's a year after. So this is a year after. So for me, uh, I, I love him for a 75-plus point per game average and I, I think that's being reasonable and not too high upside. Um, 16% ownership is actually pretty low for me at the moment. Like I actually think... He will stay low too because you've got the Munsters and the Burtons that are much more popular and people that don't want to stack the halves or have two sixes. I don't see him being highly owned. And the upside and floor for him combo to finish off is extremely good person. This is the thing that sells me on Dewey every time. His upside. is basically, you know, tons all over the place. Uh, He had 10 of 14 games in 2021 where he went 80 plus. In a full season, almost at six, that gives you an idea. He's going 60 plus, 70 plus percent of the time. He he does it easily. And that's because his floor is so good. So when he gets that attack, it's through the roof. His floor, 32 raw base at six. And he's also got the base attack on top. He's very versatile to get the tackle breaks and the offloads. And he's a goal kicker. That's how you get your 50-plus, just turning up on the field for Adam Dewey and playing 80 minutes. I am so sold on Dewey. He's in my team. There's no way he's leaving.
0: One of my first pick, Barnsley, all over Dewey, like the skid marks and a sumo wrestlers, my to be honest. <laughs> you, um, <laughs> you touched on a couple of good points there. I'll, I'll go one step further. He scored uh, on that run home. Last year, once after those three games, like well, you said he averaged 72 in those eight games at 5-8 after the couple of games with the bench and the one at centre. One of those included a 41 against the Chooks when we got pumped by 70. He still managed to score 41 super coach points in that game when it was the rest of the were Going to score 200 at one point. He's just a stat sheet filler. And um, it de- he'll definitely be better for the run coming back from that ACL. It took a long time last season to get, some, to get into the side and then get some games under his belt. With the forward pack we've got now, too, it's just more opportunity for him to be able to move around and do what he needs to do. So, I, I yeah, I actually love that uh, all the hype's on Burton. Mm. But Burton's not a, Burton's not a bad option, don't get me wrong. But I I take Dewey over Burton every day of the week for super-case purposes.
1: Well, I've got them both at the moment, but I have to say I'm I'm edging towards liking Dewey even more because of his ownership potential. And I think oh, IPAP's on his side. Have we got that right?
0: Uh, No, he'd be running off Brooks. He's off Brooks. Brooks Yeah, Bloor's been training on the right off Dewey, but um, Dewey's not really the type of guy that hits your your second rower anyway. So he's more of a cut-out pass or run-himself type guy, which, yeah, he scores a lot of tries that way. He's a big body for a 5'8".
1: Yeah, and and that's what I like about him. I've likened him to a bit of a Swiss Army knife before where he's just so versatile in how he scores his points, and, and that's what I love. Like, I'm a sucker for those guys that can do everything. He, he he goal kicks. He gets a try assist. He gets to try to line breaks himself too. Force gets a forced drop, force drop out, Good. and he's got those offloads and tackle breaks. Like he's just he's got it all in the kit bag. Really, you'd be
0: watching it and you'd think. Then all of a sudden he's on forty points. Yeah,
1: it's it, his game is so super coach friendly, and he's just hitting his mid twenties. He's going to turn twenty five during the season, so this is the time for him. It really is, and with a better team around him. I could not be more all over Adam Dewey. I don't actually see any downside, like priced at 59.4, starting off with the Titans, the Knights at home, and then the Bulldogs, and then the rest of draws, okay, too. Like he's not going to play Origin either. So you can even just hold him the whole way if he's performing. I'm struggling to see a, a negative person or even a different perspective on why you wouldn't have Dewey, but obviously he's not popular. Yeah.
0: No, which is good. <laughs> but even in those, those first couple, of, well, that Titans game, even if we lose that, it'd be a high-scoring game. Well, he's a definite VC or C option in that. That's the first couple of games against the Titans and the Knights.
1: Yeah, probably the only bad thing is that they play at the end of the, each of those two rounds. Which um...
0: Yeah, so it'd be a ballsy captain option if your VC failed. But honestly, can't see the Tigers being a defensive unit. So even if we lose, there's going to be points in it. I think we'll score plenty of points.
1: Yep. Well. Adam Dewey, I, I can't believe more people aren't looking at him, but I think it's the name value. And, and also, in fairness, you know, the counter is Kevin Munster deserves to be the number 158, so that's fine. Um, I guess Burton deserves to be right there with Dewey. Um, he's probably getting uh, as much credit as Burton deserves to get, but I think Dewey deserves equal credit with Burton, and he's not getting that at the moment. So, definitely a great option. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i. Eight hundred thirty-one thousand seven hundred, coming off a seventy-nine average. I'm just going to spew a massive narrative here, per so I'll let you do the numbers, alright. But this is one of those ones where I'm just going to say he's a big mistake. He's a he's a massive gun. He's going to be a gun again. Uh, he's going to be very good for the the West Tigers. But a lot of his value lied in the fact that one, he was at the Eels and they used him a, a really good way. Not that the West Tigers won't, but that might take time. Generally, you don't see these sort of, you know, he's had career years the last couple of years. You don't see these guys move to a new club and just hit the ground running straight away doing exactly the same thing. It might take some time. Um, The other thing, too, is that I guess he also relied on being a front row forward for super coach. Now, that's gone now. So that was so much of his value was cemented in the fact that he was the number one front row forward to have. And there was no one near him, really. He was so much better than everyone else at a 79 average. He's just a killer at front row forward for your super coach team. But second row forward, all of a sudden you throw him in there, guys like Murray are close to him. Before last year, the Angus Crichton averages were, were pretty much close to him. Uh, you've also got the Fafitas who haven't been up there except for 2021 where he scored substantially better than IPAP. It, there's a lot of different big gun options. And the thing is that all these names that you're spewing, you know, in a vacuum you might say, oh, yeah, I still want to edge to IPAP. You know what? You're going to be paying heaps more though. So why do you want to pay $150,000 more than Angus Crichton to possibly get the same type of output? Why do you want to pay $80,000 more than a Cam Murray when you know that Murray is rock solid 70 plus, you know, pretty much? It's just, it's one of those things where IPAP has priced himself out of the market and then you've got these other factors where there's all these options in the second row that are just fantastic. And i is his 7% owned, which which I'm surprised about. I thought more people would have actually shied away from him because of his price point. But $831,700, he's one of the most expensive players in the game. And, and I just can't substantiate going him, all things considered, moving to the new club at the Tigers. Yeah, it's How do you feel as a Tigers fan for Supercoach?
0: Couldn't go near him. Uh, not at that price. Um, especially the biggest factor in second row forward, I think that's where all the value is going to be this year to start the season. So th- that's where most of the cheapies and the good mids are going to pop up. So really you can't really afford to um, start with more than, say, two sort of premium sort of guys. And if you're doing that, you want to look at values, you said like Angus Creighton and guys like that. Like, put there. He's on the left edge running off Brooks. That'll take time to gel. Um, back in 2008 I don't know when Brooks got the the um, halfback of the year in the Daily M's, he did have a good combination with Garner that season, but ended up putting through for quite a few tries. But I think that combination will take time to gel. He's going to lose money for sure. You couldn't pay that. Well, it's, it's as much price as Cleary. You couldn't pay that to start with. There's just no value there.
1: Yeah, and look, with the guns, like the very big top echelon elite guns, I don't mind paying for... What you're going to get, like if if you're going to pay for 79 points, it's okay. But I just don't think you're going to get 79, and and you can't afford to make yeah. those moves if there's other value guys or other guys that are going to give you that for less. And if you're not going to get it, like what do you pin him at? I, I reckon that he's going to be flat out going 72 plus, which is still going to be fantastic. You know, 72 plus, I can put I'll, I'll probably put him at that. But it's it's seven points off. Like you're looking at 10 off his off his scoring.
0: Yeah. I reckon as they gel further on the season, he might be more. But I, I could see him getting like half a dozen, or maybe not half a dozen. But you get a few scores in the fifties early on if he doesn't get a try. They, they'll use him a bit differently to Parramatta. So I mean, he had twenty out of twenty-four games over sixty last year, which was phenomenal. And everyone sort of he had a career year the year before, so everyone sort of stayed off him at the start. He just came out and pounced again. But he was doing that same Parramatta system. It's a it's a bit different to what the Tigers are throwing up at the moment. So Just at
1: that price. You you couldn't do it. Yeah, and look, he's always been a good worker. I mean, he's got the 52 base from last year um, and then he's got 15 points in his base attack. So, you know, that got him up to 67 as a four, which is great. But he scored 10 tries last year to get to that 79. I don't see him scoring 10 tries this year. Um, And even if he gets eight, which, you know, he might, that's still, you know, he's a few points off his average there because almost all these tries had line breaks with them. So, yeah, I think that, you started to see that in some of his game a few of his games last year, like even if you look at the first two games of last year uh he went fifty eight and sixty five totally fine you know he he played well in them but and that's good scoring, but that sort of gives you an indication you know if he's got that fifty odd base and his base attacks down a bit and he's not getting the attack he's going to be a really good player he's just not going to be worth eight hundred and thirty one thousand for him so look first so I think this other bloke I'm going to do him a disservice too. We may as well do it to all the Tigers. David Clemmer, I love him as a signing. I wouldn't have paid as much as what you probably did, but, you know.
0: Well, the Knights are still paying 400K. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but I think you've extended that's him as well, bad. right?
0: So Yeah, but not on 800K. k lot the Knights were paying, so very, that's not too
1: bad. Very true. 672,000 for Supercoach, and he's coming off a 63.9 average. Interesting with David Clemmer. So we talk about trends on this podcast um, and one of the the trends that we do mention from time to time is if you see a down year from a young fella, you've got a lot more chance that that down year is going to spike back up to what they were doing before. You see a down year for someone that's getting older and David Klemmer is 29 years old and you sort of think, well, you know, is is he leaving his prime? Is he still in it? Maybe he's going to start the downturn. It happens with front rows that have been in the league for a long time. Because in 2020, he went 67 points. And then in 2021, he plummeted to 56. 2022, he jumped up to 64 again. Uh, So that was a really big eight-point swing for David Klemmer. And I thought he was extremely good last year. When you have a look at the numbers a bit deeper, Perso, one of the big things for him, his minutes went from 52 in 2021 to 61 in 2022. So obviously, minutes are going to be a big deal. The other thing as well was his base attack, so his offloads and his tackle breaks, went from four points per game to 10 points a game. And we've seen this with him, whereas, you know, 10 years ago when he came onto the scene, all meat and potatoes, just a workaholic, heaps of runs, heaps of tackles, didn't offload, didn't tackle break. That all started to change a few years ago at the Knights. He started offloading all of a sudden, almost like a demon at times. And then it would dry up again and come back. That really happened between 21 and 22 seasons. So I guess for you, you know, it, it's six hundred and seventy two thousand. He's basically up there with the twenty K uh twenty-five K less than a, a Tappany. Uh, he's gonna be thirty odd thousand more than a than a Hass. Uh then there's a few other options as well. You've got Ruben Cotter around those sort of price points. He actually on you know a low key way, because no one's looking at him at one percent ownership, actually can compete with those guys and he's shown it, but he seems to drop back down. Do you think that the Tiger's going to use him the same? Do you think that he's going to get the 61 minutes a game in that rotation? And do you think someone like Tim Sheens is going to say, go for the life with the offloads, David, just go everywhere with them and do four a game?
0: Well, that's a big question, Mike, isn't it? The minutes. Um, I've got no... Yeah, the offload will be there for sure. I've got no doubt about that. He had 35 offloads last year, which is uh, right up there. And that's very inducing to a Sheens game. But um, they've got so many guys in the middle now that are capable of playing big minutes, that's the thing, so will will he get to 60 or will he only play 50, 55, that's that's, he could be a great option, Clemmer, he might come out and be a one of the top front rowers but it's just, that I don't really want to spend that much money in front row anyway, it's one of those sort of positions where I'm not paying for premiums to start the season so I'd rather prefer to have a look and see what happens with guys like Clemmer but it uh, won't surprise me if he goes well, I mean his base was phenomenal last year the raw base 54.6 with a, that 9.6 base attack he was getting his actual base base attack average of 64.1 was higher than his season average of 63.9 because of penalties and errors that brought it back down so he could quite easily match that again or go better but um you'd be brave to start with him it's just trying to balance that um where you spend your money in your in your team build for round one. I I just can't spend that sort of money on front rowers, let alone a front row that's gone to another club and you don't know what the rotation's like.
1: Yeah, I I'm okay to spend it on one. I like I like to have a foundation piece in the front row and then sort of build around that with some cheaper options. But like you said, you're right, it would be pretty ballsy to go Clemmer when you can go the safer options of the Tapany or the Kodos or the And uh, Clemmer doesn't have
0: that upside does he? look he's not gonna give you hundred and twenty one week. He's not going to nah. score a try and make a try. Just, he's just meat and potatoes and offloads. He might have an extra minute game and like if you score a couple of 80s or something in a row. So he's not going to hurt you by not having him.
1: Yeah, he scored one try last year. And, and the biggest thing for me is that kills him as an option is the fact that he only went 80 plus once with a 94 point game. Um, everything else was... Yeah, very good as far as the lows. He had a low of 44 and the second lowest was 49, but his range is basically 44 to 76 um, minus his one game that was an outlier at 94. So he's very consistent and gives you those consistent good scores, but he doesn't give you those elite scores at any point in a season. Um, and I think that's the big difference with David Klemmer. Uh In draft, I think that's where his super coach value is going to be. You'll get him later in draft and especially as a front rower that people won't want to draft early. Uh, you'll, you'll get great value from Clem and I'll be looking at him in draft. Api Korosau, another big signing coming in for the Tigers. $666,200, 63.3 average last season. Now, Perso, I will admit, before I started looking at Appy and doing some research, I initially completely wrote Appy Korosau off and said I've got absolutely zero interest. I don't think that I could say to anyone to even look at him uh, I don't see any way that he's going to compete with the top hookers. Then I started to look into it a little bit, and I will say it actually changed my mind a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I realised, which I knew, but you forget about players that you kind of put to your back of your head and you're not really interested in. You kind of forget some of the small parts to their season. And one of the small parts to Appy's season is he actually only played 70 minutes a game. Now, he did that because he came off often for a rest. He had a lot of... Um, punctuated games where there was an 80 minute game, but then he'd play 58 minutes or 55 the next week and then get back up again. It was, uh, there was a few, there was a few rests in there. Um, that makes for some value if he can keep it up. Now he is 30 years old, but he doesn't seem to be slowing down. In fact, he went from a 55 average in 2021 to a 63 average in 2022. So when you have a look at that and you go, well, actually, you know, he's going to play 80 minutes a game at the West Tigers uh, that's an extra ten minutes of value there, which is basically going to be nine points a game. He may very well, if he replicates that season, average seventy plus. And then all of a sudden you start to think, well, is he in the realm of a, a cook, a Robson, um, and a, a you know, a bit lower than Grant, but on value factor at 666 hours and you can save money and, and have him as your your gun to start with in Hooker. I would have said, you know, a few months ago, absolutely no interest, there's no way that's the case looking at the numbers and factoring in that he's going to be a leader at that club and he's, I think that he's going to come in and want to make a good impression in the middle. I actually think that he will present some value. Um, I don't think that I can put him above uh, Robson, above a Grant uh, or above uh, Damien Cook, um, but I certainly think he's a lot closer than probably what I and others have given him credit for.
0: He was the fourth highest averaging uh, hooker the last season. behind those guys, a massive gap between it was Grant and Cook. But not much between them, and then 10 point drop back to Robson and Coruscant. Uh, interestingly, Coruscant played uh eight games at 80 minutes last year and averaged 64.6, which was marginally higher than his 63.3 average for the season. Mm, very interesting, Ooh, yeah. And that was at Panthers. I l- did. Th- I've looked at him. I thought, yeah, he'll probably be a lot more dominant at the Tigers. So there's a lot more opportunity for attacking stats there. But uh, I'm not convinced he will play 80 either. It depends. I don't know. With the makeup of that bench, he might. Well, I think he goes his best footy when he has a 15 minute spell. Caricelli, he keeps that explosiveness. So. Uh, It'll be interesting to see the, which way they go. He's one, another one for the watch list. He, I, I couldn't start with him because just the unknown if he's going to play Ardy, what's the structure going to be like with the Tigers. But uh, he's definitely worth putting in that watch list and seeing how he goes. And with that, I guess like Titans and Knights, dogs early on, he might carve up and get a couple of really good scores early on. So he could be a good pod, but I, um, I just can't do it.
1: Yeah. Who do you think the chains might have on the bench here to spell him?
0: Well, it depends whether Rua your guitar, the young bloke, who's um he's he's come through the system that he's training the house down, Well, there's no houses left in my car. <laughs> <laughs> But uh he, he went well in the trials on that last year. It he's uh, sort of remedy might get the fourteen. If not, they've got Simkin as well. There's no world beater but um
1: You can play fifteen minutes for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, the, the Ruhr can cover back row as well, so he'd be more likely. It just depends if Shane wants an 80-minute hooker or not. I don't know at this point in time. Abby can well and truly play it. He's fit as a fiddle, but um, I don't know if he loses a little bit of explosiveness. The way the Panthers used him last year with Mitch Kenny starting that first 20 minutes of the game and uh, taking the sting out, just defending, 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 and then Abby comes on and just carves up. That's That was a a pretty good uh, a pretty good template for what Goracevic can do. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how we go. We won't know. That's the thing. You can't tell anything from trials. But, uh, we won't know until about two or three rounds in.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, here's another one that I put on the draft list. Oh, I really love Appy and Clemens signings. Oh, I think that really toughens up that Is forward pack. A um, great
0: draft option, I him.
1: Yeah. Oh, I really like Appy in draft, um, and I, I think that Clem might have a really good year, too, for draft, so I, I like both those. So, we see West Tigers fans, I, I wasn't, you know, I set you up as this big negative, because I want to, you know, you have low expectations, and now I'm saying, like, these guys are going to be great for draft, you know, there's still super cage options here, don't worry. This next guy, though, I'm just going to completely throw in the toilet, and everyone's going to abuse me about it. I know,
0: where you go, what I agree with you.
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs> Johnny Bateman. Mate, I am sorry, but Englishman that came in on fire in 2019 and averaged 72 points a game, backed it up by averaging 70 points a game in 2020. And he's only priced basically on a 60 average uh, because he's got a discount. I understand the thinking and I understand why somebody would argue that he's a good selection. He's only in 7% of teams at the moment. And I guess if you look at the price tag, 622,800, pretty reasonable, and it's because he's on that 59 average. Um, Look, that all makes sense, okay? And I'm not going to tell anyone that they're wrong with that argument necessarily. Um, I'm just going to offer a counter-argument as to why I'm not going anywhere near John Bateman. John Bateman will turn 30 during this season, and he hasn't played in the NRL for the best part of three years. And I think that a lot of people probably also forget that he's only played 30 NRL games. Like his second season, he was out for 50% of the season. So that's another big red flag too. And I actually thought that he showed a propensity to cop an injury. And um, there's a lot of times that uh, he was carrying or he went off for a bit and stuff. And he had a couple of major injuries, I think thumb and shoulder by from my memory. Um, so you know, he's older. He hasn't played NRL for years. He's missed multiple seasons of NRL. Watching him play over in England... Oh, I didn't think that he looked fantastic. You know, I'm not going to say he looked bad or anything, but you kind of expect a guy that was carving the NRL to go over and absolutely blitz the Super League. He didn't do that at all. I didn't think that he did anyway. The games I watched of him, I'm not going to say I every one of his games, but I watched a fair few. Uh, and then you have a look at some of the stats and you go, okay, well, over in England, since he's been back there, um, he scored five tries in total and you know one of the you know nice discussion on facebook today very respectful i appreciate the different opinions there was a noted back and forth and somebody said well you know you know over there they don't necessarily score a lot of tries in the forwards and um uh, uh, made a bit of an argument that maybe he's not going to get the tries over there that he will here well you know that's fine but over here his strike rate in the nrl was you know he scored four tries in, in his last season um his last full season i should say and he didn't Get that? He barely got that in two and a half years over in the UK. So, I mean, I just, I don't see it as far as him getting back to a, a 72 average. Um, I see maybe some value there per so. And this is where I'm going to say he's not a terrible option by any means, and I understand the argument. But the biggest reasons why I think that the value isn't going to matter is because even if you get like three or four points out of him, and like, I, I can see him averaging like 65 points, okay? That's still going to be good but it's not phenomenal. And when you consider the price, some might argue that it is cheap at 622,800. I would argue it's very awkward because all of a sudden you were very close to an Angus Crichton uh, and you're actually right around the market for say a a Sean Lane who busted out just last year and he's coming off a really good season. And these guys have been playing NRL and are coming into this year ready for it. Uh, John Bateman, is just stepping off a plane, not going to get any preseason in. And I would hate to pay 622,800 to start him and then have him either move to the bench for the first game. Or, you know what, you'll get your hopes up and you'll say, that's all right, Johnny, you've still got 28 and base stats the first half. We'll get him in the second half. 15 minutes in the second half, he's gone because they're going to give him 55 minutes because he's had no preseason. He's coming to Australia where it is bloody hot compared to the UK, if no one's noticed. And he hasn't played here for ages. I just... There is that many red flags, per so, It's like a car dealership. I cannot go anywhere near John Bateman.
0: No, I've absolutely zero interest in him. Couldn't go anywhere near him. Um, he's not even in the country. He comes out next week, so that, that's enough straight away. But uh, everything you mentioned there was exactly spot on. Uh, he, he did look pretty good in the, in the World Cup, but, you know, it's not... <laughs> The super coach, I couldn't go anywhere near him. I, if he starts off the bench for the first four or five rounds, I will not be surprised at all. You know, Bloor's been training at right edge. Matamu has been training at lock. There's talk that they might even use Bateman in the middle, but he hasn't even been here. Like you, what are you, four weeks out from round one? By the time he gets here, he's going to have three weeks worth of training. There's no way go anywhere near him.
1: And I think people underestimate, too, the difference in fitness levels. Um, as well, and then if you have no preseason in the heat and stuff, um, like it's, I just don't think he's going to be really ready. And then even when he is ready, like, do you think, at his age and considering the last couple of years in England, do you think that he's just going to be able to get back to what he was four years ago?
0: Nah, I got, I super was I even if he plays eighty minutes, I've got no interest in him. He'd be on the right edge. I mean, he's he's not a whole running forward anyway so he's a bit of a pinball he just sort of bounces around and does sort of comes back in on the inside and goes unders and that sort of thing but he's 30 now so like you said uh, I won't be surprised at all if he's a 55 minute middle playing just get out there tackle everything that moves type player pop up here and there and and that'll be his role That's always
1: and I mean look he'll be really good for the Tigers Like this is another one of those things where I'll, I'll putting the caveat of saying, oh, I think he's a great signing for them because I think it's you yeah. know, he'll be really good for them in real life. The
0: energy you bring off-field and all that sort of stuff is a fantastic signing for the Tigers, but I don't think it's going to equate to Supercatch.
1: Mm. Oh, there's another controversial one for the West Tigers fans out there. Um, David Nofaluma. Uh, we're on the fallen guns now, so we just went through all the all the guns for the West Tigers, and there is quite a few, more than probably any other year, but the fallen guns. David Nofaluma, Nofo... Used to be so good, first though. Like he used to be one of your favourites, didn't he? Like one
0: of my favourite pods, especially for server coach. The year
1: I was hoping he didn't come back from Melbourne.
0: (laughs) That's how much it's
1: fallen away. (laughs) Well, twenty nineteen he had sixty five points a game. Twenty twenty, yeah, you talk about twenty twenty one being the outlier year for outside backs and playmakers. He he did it a year earlier. He didn't need the six game. Twenty twenty went up to seventy six points a game, which was just outstanding. Then twenty twenty one, the big year. He went for 53 points a game. He did improve with that by five points up to 58 in 2022.
0: But... His base has dropped off the planet.
1: It's just crazy, isn't it? He's, his base has completely just... It's gone. And he used to be really good as a 60-60 guard, one of your old terms that you coined. Uh, 60% of the time, he'd get to 60 plus, And for a center wing, that was great. Um, He doesn't do it anymore, though. 38% in 2021, 47% in 2022 actually isn't that bad, but... He just didn't have it in him, and I think that, look, when you're having a look at the numbers for him, you're going to have a look at it and say, and I did this in my head, right, like in the pre-season before Team Picker came out, I went, jeez, Nofo, he's probably going to be low owned, and looking at his 1% ownership, I I bet he's around 500k, maybe I could have a bit of a stab at that, he's 605,000, now admittedly that's under the new salary cap, but you know, 605,000 is a lot of money to pay for Nofo coming off a 58 average, but I thought about it in the preseason because I think about just about every center wing person. I reminisce about years past and how good they were. And then look at the Knights, look at the Titans, look at the Bulldogs and say, geez, Nofo might eat eat big here. He might get five tries in that first three weeks. And then I remember it's not 2019 anymore. So he cannot possibly be an option. I, don't, I think that he will remain close to a fallen gun or maybe it's towards that 60 point average.
0: Possibly he just he's I don't know, he's falling off a cliff a, a bit. He never had a massive upside either when he's scoring. It was just always he was such a he, a base player and offloading and tackle busting. He always like he'd get to 70 without doing a hell of a lot, and that was sort of the way he, he rolled along. And last year he just fell off a cliff. Like his his base, his raw base last year was 24.71, the year before was 26.54. That was the cliff falling. 32.45 before that. That was sort of about where he was. Like his base and base attack combined, 2019 was nearly fifty. It was forty-nine point seven one. So he was he was a centre wing scoring fifty points a week without even getting any attacking stats. Twenty twenty it was forty-seven point eight five. Twenty 42.38. Last year, thirty-eight point eight two. It's just it's just continually going down. He's not getting any younger. And uh shout out to Andy Jacko, Wacko's whispers he's um uh, he's he's tipping stains to beat him to that right edge winger as well. So mm-hmm.
1: I saw Jacko talk about that. That's um that would be massive. Uh and obviously Nofo made that throising. call that uh yeah, almost disappointed that he's gotta go back to the Tigers. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he should have stayed in Melbourne. <laughs> he just he played like a bastard last year. I don't know what it was or attitude, but it was like I don't know. He was flying and then he was after the contract two years ago and Parramatta were chasing him and he signed with us for 400 grand a year for four years and he's just gone down every year since.
1: I am going to go to Big Balls Pond Territory and it's going to be a really professional transition here because we can go from one wing to the other and I'm going to call this guy um, Nofo Light. To me, Ken Mamolo was always Mo- Nofo Light. He kind of did a lot of the good stuff that Nofo did but scored some more tries. And he never really got to the lofty heights, but always hovered around that sort of 55 to 60 sort of range. And sometimes you get a bit of value out of that. I would say that all the things that I thought about David Nofaluma um, before I remembered what he's been like the last couple of years, I would, if you're going to take that sort of punt and you want a real big balls pod and you want to play some center wing roulette and get them out after a few weeks, I would almost say, well, you may as well just go for Ken Mamolo instead. Um, and that might sound crazy, but when you have a look at it, he's only 471000 So very, very much a lot cheaper than the 605000 that Nofo is. And that's because he's coming off less than 45 points a game, which is terrible. Hear me out, Perso. Okay. He can score terribly, and I think the expectations are important. He's a big balls pod for a reason. But he's a noted try scorer that can easily put a double on. And he doesn't go, you know, hundreds with that double, but he can easily go sort of that 80 sort of range. And looking at the draw for the first few weeks and with Tim Sheens and the different team that they've got, I could see him getting some some meat pies. One of the things that I thought would be interesting to chat with you about is that I noticed when I was looking at the numbers, and I know you love the numbers, I know 2019 was a long time ago, okay? But it wasn't that long ago where you have this type of drop-off. Ken Mamolo in 2019 had a raw base as a winger of 35 points per game. He has dropped all the way down to 24 points per game in 2022. You know, that is a really big drop-off. If he could get anywhere near that 2019 number and maybe he's a bit more motivated, and he's getting in and working a bit more, you know, he could easily get a 30 base and all of a sudden you've got an extra six points of value. And if you get those tries early on, there could be some value there for a guy that is currently owned by less than 1% of teams. So I'm not selling Mamalo as a massive option, but if you want to go out there with a big pot and not invest too much in your centre wing and just play the draw for a couple of weeks, oh, he's one that I definitely had a look at. I don't think I can do it, but you know it's it's cause to have a look at his numbers at the very least.
0: I'd be more inclined to go over Mamalo than Nofalema, to be honest. Um, he's always a good base. But uh, he was—he played busted last year. He was like really busted. His knees were shot. I do. Sometimes I was watching the game. Why is he? What? Like, we're getting flogged. Here. Why are you playing him? I couldn't understand why Madge was still running him out. He was. You he, go off at halftime. He wouldn't come back on. And he was busted. But he still kept turning up. So if he's fit and at that price, yeah, he could be a. He is a sneaky big balls pod. That's for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Even if you go back a year, he, he was um, four points better in raw base and better in base base attack by six seven points than what he was in 2022. So uh, look, I think that you could pick up half a dozen points um, early on, uh, and that's not huge. But you know, you might get the chance that maybe bagging a big score. You know, he's, he's someone that can hit a hat trick um, and go 100 plus. If he
0: gets a couple of doubles early on, make some money, and then you can put him off to a premium, can't you? Uh, so it's not the worst option. That's for sure.
1: Mm. Look. I don't want to go into Luke Brooks, but I think that we should just mention Luke Brooks' name to say that we chatted on him on the podcast and we do cover all the options. Do you see any way that Luke Brooks can have some sort of bounce back? I mean, look, I think that if he played in a position... He
0: averaged 52.5 last year in a side that came last. Yeah. So so surely, I don't know, surely I reckon he could average 60 this year, but I still couldn't have him at halfback because there's too many other better options.
1: I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Luke Brooks a little bit of props. I'm, I'm gonna give him some much needed love because Brooks he doesn't get enough of it. He gets a little bit too much hate, I think. Uh I think that he will get
0: He gets out more huh? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean look you know, he got paid a big contract that he shouldn't have. That's the Tigers administration's fault. Um and he it oh, this hasn't ball. played fantastically, but I don't think that he's been, you know, as bad as maybe some supporters say. But fifty two points a game in twenty I'll I'll just I'll just say on Luke Brooks I think that he can Go to his career, you're a better, which is 58 points a game. I, I think you'll perform better. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing bounce back a little bit and get a few pats on which, the back. See
0: the super coach should still put him about six or seven half back off. Yeah, like.
1: at least. Um, at least. Yep. Um, I will actually say with Luke Brooks to finish off on him on his 45-second segment on this podcast that I'll, I'll have a look at him in draft <laughs> if I'm short of a halfback. He will be at the final rounds of draft and I will grab him because I think that he could be good value there and pretty solid. Controversial chat perso. a mistake that we can see a lot of people making. Charlie Staines. He's going to come in at almost $380,000 in a Panthers team that is obviously a pretty good attacking outfit and went to a few grand finals and he got some good opportunity with some good playmakers. He was still struggling to bust 40 points a game as a starting winger. Now, even if he gets that start, He's priced off thirty six points a game. What's the, what can he do at the Tigers? Is he going to do better than his forty points a game that he was getting at the, at the Penrith Panthers, who are markedly better side even after the Tigers signings? For three hundred eighty thousand, I just think it's too much money. Um, and me and you have disagreed a little bit on those sort of mid range guys that are in that three hundred to four hundred range because I'm a believer that I'm going to need a couple of them. I know you don't like a lot of them. But I think we are in a grant on staying at three hundred eighty thousand. And what we've seen of him at the Panthers, I, I just I don't see any reason to spend that on him for round one for your centre wing. So I'm going to label him as a mistake. And I, I can see a lot of teams doing it in round one because he's already reasonably popular, and that's just going to skyrocket if he's named round one to start.
0: Yeah, I couldn't go near him. He won't be a fullback. Um, he he might be on the right wing. He might be named. In, uh, I still couldn't go near him. Even if he was playing fullback, it's not the type of guy that's going to There's a lot of these mid-range sort of fullbacks and dud sides that are going to trap a lot of people, I think, and he's definitely one of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd take all the fullbacks over Stains, put it that way. And even if the other fullbacks yeah, don't work, 100%. I think they're all going to be better than Stains. So I, I just don't see any upside with him. Um,
0: uh, you couldn't go near him. I don't understand any, why he would.
1: No, he's in 7% of teams at the moment and he hasn't even been named um, as a starter yet. So I dare say that that will go up to 15 plus percent if he's named a start. And that is scary, scary territory. I will be steering well clear. Mids and value cheapies per Big Stefano, we both mentioned him. We both got him. He was a disappointment a couple of years ago. I think a lot of people thought that he was going to come out and, and be this great, awesome prop, and it, it didn't happen. He's now only priced at 319200 to start this year as a front row forward option in Supercoach. 30.3 points per game he's priced at. So, obviously, he didn't have a great season. Um, but when you're having a look at it, there's obviously a lot of opportunity with him. So, he came in an average 52 points a game in 2021. Really disappointing, 30 points per game in 2022. But his minutes went from 45 minutes per game in 2021 to 33 minutes a game in 2022. Um, look, he only played the nine games in 2022 as well. There's not a lot to take away from that. I think that if anything, you know, he should be able to get back to that 40s average. Um, And if he does, you might have, you know, even 15 points worth of value there in him. It's going to come down to the minutes. You know, is he going to be able to get 45 minutes a game? Um, That's going to be the key. Because if he can get it, his PPM should stay around that one, one point per minute mark. And you know, that's that's just going to give you at least a dozen points in value. And at front row forward, that's great. I think that his price point's really good. Like if you can get a guy around 319,000, and I think that sort of when you're going off those cheapies in front row forwards, the 250 to 320 type of range is your real sweet spot. Um, That's not going to be paying too much money. And I will always pay for output over a real dud. So I'll give you an example. Plenty of times in the past, I've made the mistake myself where I've put in someone just because they were 50K cheaper. So you might get like a a, a low-minute bench front row and they are absolute poison for supercoach. And I'll throw them in at 250K. If I paid that 70K more, uh, it, it would have been a hell of a lot better investment. Um, and that's probably advice that I would give to anyone for front row forward. Don't get a guy that's going to play 15, 20 minutes uh, because he's just going to be a slow burn or not make you any money at all when you burn a trade for 30K cash or something like that. At least with the Stefano, um, there's that upside where you're going to make a hundred grand plus. You can also even play him at a pinch potentially if he's that forty-five to fifty range. He's a 17th man, so I see a lot of value with Stefano this year per se. But they do have a lot of forwards that they've brought in.
0: Yeah, it's good. Uh, you mentioned that point with <laughs> the the cheap front rowers that play ten, fifteen minutes and just sit there, and you get stuck with them. That's why I've got Stefano as my third, and Hetherington um, as my fourth at the moment. Just spend a little bit more just because there's, you're going to get something. You want make a hundred grand as a slow burn as opposed to getting stuck with some Muppet that you can never get rid of. But um he pretty much rolled off last year for Stefano. He was riddled with injuries all season. He only played nine games, and when he did play, he was busted. I don't know. There's that many middles at the moment at the Tigers. He's not going to get massive minutes, but uh it was interesting to note today that um Fernando Paul was named on the edge in the Tigers trial this week, which and which would suggest he's probably not gonna be in the top seventeen, even though he's pretty good for us coming in last year as a prop. So they might be trying to make him play on the edge and, and the and the middle and they mightn't think he's quite ready for first grade, so that sort of takes one middle away. So you'd think he, even if he's named on the bench he'd probably be pushing forty minutes to Thana. Which would be enough for some good price eyes. Yeah
1: yeah he only needs that forty plus minutes and that'll be enough um so they do have a, a few young guys uh two hundred and thirty four thousand eight hundred and Bloor at the same price um both those guys they've got a lot of potential um jacko said that uh Matamua might be starting thirteen that's where he projected him to to be at uh, if that's the case
0: yeah he's been he's been trying to lock. As the main lock, and uh, Bloor's on the right edge, but well, Bateman's not here, so we don't know which one. Of one of those two probably won't start, or if they do start, Bateman will take one of their spots. But i would be surprised if Matamua's not in the 17 at least. He's got big wraps on him. He's a, he's a pretty good, talented kid.
1: Yeah, and it's really hard because, you know, at, at Bloor and Matamua's prices, if they're named on the bench, I think we're going to be tempted to to throw one of those guys in. Um, because you need to to fill out a lot of positions in your second row forward. But I'd like to think that I can see some minutes for them. Um, The problem is that if you see names like Papali, Bateman in front of them, um, it becomes a bit hard for them in that back row. Um, Certainly at 13, Joe O might end up at 13 or he might end up at at front row. It's a bit hard to tell. Um, Are you going to have Boer or Matamua if they're on the bench, are you going to still put them in your side? Do you see the minutes there?
0: Matamua, I probably would. If Bloor's on the bench, I wouldn't go near him. Mm. Well,
1: Bloor's 15% at the moment. I, I think that's...
0: He's more, more of an edge forward, Bloor, so yeah. if, he, if he was on the bench, I, I can't see him getting decent enough minutes. Matamua, at, at bottom dollar almost, with the upside to him, I'd probably take it. It all depends on who else pops up. That's the thing. Yeah. You prefer one of them to be starting, but it's like Trey Mooney from the Raiders as well. You're gonna to have to take someone at that cheap price, but if they're all on the bench, you know what <laughs> what a bench edges are like horrible. So you're much better off spending it up. And there's that many sort of mid-range guys like Hopgood and Garner and guys like that. You, maybe if those guys aren't named, you sort of stick clear of them.
1: Yeah, it's it's really hard. I think that. um People might be scared if he ends up getting named a start and someone like Bateman's on the bench. Um, if one of those guys start, like, say, Bloor starts and Bateman's on the bench. I would almost go for it then, though, because you, you kind of think that he's going to get 40 minutes maybe. Um, maybe they'll use him a little bit in the middle and, and use him for 30 on an edge and Bateman will get 50 or something like that. Even if that happens for the first few weeks, that'll start to get the cash rolling because he's almost bottom dollar. Um, so I'd probably go near it then. Uh, very hard, though, if they're named on the bench, despite how good they are, it might be better off just waiting some games and seeing because you can always downgrade to one of those guys during the the season. Um, Tommy Talal, he's he's had a little bit of groundswell for support. He was out last year with a knee injury. And I sort of understand because he's 300,000 as a centre wing. He is cheaper than some of the other centre wing options that are there. Uh, If he nails a starting spot, then I guess the argument could be made that he's got a decent draw. We haven't seen his potential yet because he's still very young. He did have a 2020 where in 12 games he averaged 48 points a game. Um, my struggle with this person is in 2021, he had more games and we had a bigger sample size and he only averaged 41 points per game and was largely ineffective as a super coach option. So where are you on, on guys like Tommy Talao to in that back line? Um, and there's a few others as well that are sort of in that 300 to 400K range that are vying for a starting spot. Yeah,
0: probably... He- the he's had a lot of uh, talent for a while to Did he, I think he scored nine tries that year in 2021, and his average was, yeah, still didn't hit 50. So at that price, maybe you take a punt on the draw. Tra- Is he a better option than some of those guys playing fullback? I don't know. I'd probably rather Isaac Thompson than the Bunnies. At least he's got um, the side that... <laughs> He's a bit more pedigree there with the team. I, I think Talau. He's. I'd uh, prefer just to watch him. If he manages to go over and back a couple of tries early on, you can always swap someone else out and bring him in. It's a bit of a. If he sits there and does nothing, you might be stuck with him.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things with Talau, and really the centre options for um, the West Tigers, the centres don't seem to score heaps of tries. Like, it, it seems to be the wingers... Um They don't have big base either. And they don't have the base, yeah. Because, I mean, their wingers have got the base. So, between the upgrade in the Ford pack and, and the wingers that they have to take hit-ups, unless, of course, Daines is there, although he got better in that area, but certainly Momolo and Nofo are going to take a lot of hit-ups. I just don't think it's there for the centres, Um and I just think that there's better options. We are going to split this one up into parts one and part two. So this is part one. Part two is going to be available very shortly after this one. So go and grab that one as well. But for getting this podcast and the future episodes, make sure you jump on either SoundCloud, Amazon, iTunes, or Spotify. You can also subscribe on those as well. Give them a share around. It's great to get more listeners on board. And the responses, again, this preseason have been phenomenal. So thank you very much. You can follow us on Twitter, sc underscore all stars otherwise make sure that you download part two we continue this conversation and podcast can't wait to chat to you again real soon hey now you're an all-star get your game on go play hey now you're a
0: rock star get the show on get paid